This is Library Nerds with Words, the podcast that gives you the word on all the cool, nerdy happenings at Peter White Public Library and the library universe beyond. From books and concerts to search engines and story times, the library nerds are in and ready to show you that being a nerd can be cool. Get ready, get set, get nerdy. Welcome back to this special holiday episode of Library Nerds with Words, the podcast that gives you the latest word on all the cool things happening at Peter White Public Library and the library universe beyond from the people who know it best, library nerds. I'm Marty Ackett, the adult programming coordinator for Peter White Public Library, and joining me again today are two of my favorite guest nerds. The first is for Peter Amanda Pierce from the Teen Zone, and the Second is second timer Ben Sargent from the Circulation Department. Welcome to the podcast, Amanda and Ben. Thanks for having us back. It's great to be back, Marty. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. Once we start on talking about what we're going to talk about, whether you agree with that or oh, not. No, it's very, very oh. important occasion. I'm okay. Confident. All right. All right. So the last time we did a roundtable charcuterie board fest, we talked about movie adaptations of books, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And when we were done recording that episode, we decided that because we had so much fun and because Ben and I love eating Amanda's treats, we needed to do it again. And we decided we were going to discuss holiday movies, the Holly, the Jolly, and the Grinchy. So we have gathered in our uh, ugly holiday sweaters. Um, the food is set out, and each of us has brought a favorite holiday snack as well. So I think it is time to get down to business. And by getting down to business, I mean eating and talking. Before we start talking holiday movies, however, I have a special holiday version of Word on the Nerd. So you know how the game goes. Uh, I'm going to ask you both three holiday library nerd questions about yourselves, and you have to answer them for the listeners. So, Amanda and Ben, are you ready to play Word on the Nerd? So here's your first holiday question. Eggnog or hot chocolate? Um, I'm going to definitely go with hot chocolate. I don't like eggnog. Oh. It tastes weird. Um, <laughs> I mean, hot chocolate, no one can be against that. Uh, hmm. Amanda? I'm a, I'm a hot chocolate fan myself. A good homemade hot chocolate with homemade whipped cream and uh, make it adults with some Baileys in it. Mm. Um, I've only actually had eggnog twice. And one was like the bad like store-bought yeah. version in a, a jug. And then the other one was when my husband was in grad school. They had a holiday party, and the guy who put the party on made homemade eggnog. And it was it's good. It's amazing. But the, you could smell the rum as you walked up to mm-hmm. the eggnog. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. One glass is good. All right. Well, I'm I'm going to – I think I'm going to be counter to you, and I'm going to say eggnog. Um, yeah, it's got to be egg. I make this special special eggnog. I mix, mix eggnog with butterscotch schnapps. Oh. Yeah, I and it's that. so good. It is so good. I call it Marty Schnog. So that's that's what it is. So okay, two for hot chocolate, one for eggnog. I'm I might be losing today. Um, all right. So here's your second question: fruit cake, yay or nay? 
I've never had it. Okay. She's never had it. And so Marty brought some in, so I will try it yep. now. Here we go. She's trying it live. <laughs> live reactions. Live reactions. Live reactions. It's like super. Tell us about it's this. It's really it's moist. moist. It is moist, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. All right. <laughs> She's nodding. She's <laughs> she's nodding. It's the fruit's a little unnatural color in times. Fruitcake is like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. I like it. There, see, and and Ben already had a piece. And I did. I I like fruitcake like one time during Christmas season. I wouldn't eat it any other time, but as just a holiday thing, it's fun, you know. And this fruitcake that you brought, Marty, is the best I ever had. There you go. I, I yeah, I've I've always been a fan of fruit cake. It can be darker fruit cake or um this this is a lighter fruit cake that I brought. Okay. And um How no, do you mean darker like it, the the texture is darker and it's got uh -huh. like like more kind of a molasses molasses yeah. in it. You can get them where they're like so dense. Yeah. They're like lead. You can throw a brick. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But I still love those too. Yeah. I oh, love oh, those. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my kids made me watch I don't know what one it was. It was Olaf trying to find Christmas traditions on Disney Plus. We mm -hmm. watched them all. But the fruitcake survives everything that Olaf goes through. And he's there like, look, the fruitcake survived. And then like an eagle flies off with it. There it you go. Survives. There you go. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I used to, in my former job, we I used to hold a fruitcake making contest wow. every year. And without a fail, the one that had the most booze in it always won. <laughs> always. But um, this is the kind I brought today. No alcohol in it whatsoever. I can't say the same for Amanda's treats. So, <laughs> all right. So I think we've got three yays on fruitcake. So yes. that's, that's a good thing. Okay. So now we are down to the last question. Um, last question. A Charlie Brown Christmas or the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas? That's really hard. <laughs> It's that's an easy one for me. The meat for me, the Grinch for sure. Okay. My family watches that every Christmas Eve. I'm not a huge fan of Charlie Brown Christmas, actually. Like it's fine, but I remember watching it growing up and I remember just thinking like this is boring. Mm. See, I, I'm a big fan of the Grinch myself too. And Charlie Brown's really sweet because it does give you that true like feeling of Christmas movie yeah. at the end. And you can't help but love lying at the little tree in the, the little tree. The little tree. Yeah, I know. Now I'm going to go with a Charlie Brown Christmas because okay. because for me, it was never Christmas when I was a kid until that came on the TV. And this was before you could stream it no, anytime, night yeah. or day. Mm -hmm. I mean, you literally like saw it in the TV guide, you circled it <laughs> oh, and yeah. you waited for that to come. But I, I feel the same sort of about how the Grinch stole Christmas. It wasn't Christmas until that happened. Yeah. Too. But um, if I missed Charlie Brown Christmas, I remember I would be like so disappointed. You'd have to the... wait like another year. I know it was awful. <laughs> so it's, it's Charlie Brown Christmas all, all the way for me. So. Well, growing up. Well, you know what we did. We um, my mom got the VHS and one tape. She recorded like Rudolph, <laughs> Charlie Brown yeah. Christmas, yeah. Frosty, all that. So literally, I would. I I think I broke that tape eventually. <laughs> so yeah. All right. So there you go. You got all the. I'm sort of on the low end of the. Everybody else, you know, you and you and Ben agreed on everything, but oh well, I'm that's always, not gonna last. I know <laughs> it will not last. You know, I I I'm gonna hold to my contrariness. Okay. 
So we've come to the end of that special holiday edition of Word on the Nerd with Amanda from the Teen Zone and Ben from Circulation here at Peter White Public Library. And now the time has come to dive headfirst into holiday cinema. Ben, Amanda, and I are going to talk about our favorite holiday films, and we will tackle the eternal debate of whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not. As Betty Davis once said, fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be a bumpy night. It is time to get into The Word. So, Ben and Amanda, let's start with what your favorite holiday movies are, the ones that get your chestnuts roasting, so to speak. I have a list okay, of some yes. of my favorites. Um, one of the ones we always grew up watching was Prancer. Mm. Loved Prancer. It's one of my mom's favorite movies, and mm-hmm. we always loved watching that one. Um, Love Actually, Elf, Muppets Christmas Carol. Um, my personal favorites, I have two I can't pick between, Love Actually and A Christmas Vacation. Like, mm. have to watch both of those. And um, and then I really love the live-action Grinch with Jim Carrey. Interesting. And the mm. older I get, the more I feel... I can commiserate with him. You relate to the Grinch. I relate to the Grinch. Like, it's really bad. And then as you get older, you're sitting there, and it's like, okay, here's this whole town, and I'm going to go on my little tirade. You heard a little bit. (laughs) This whole town gaslit this person to thinking he was a horrible person Mm -hmm. just because he had one little accident, and he got upset at school, and then it's like, oh, there's this whole town. But then also you sit there thinking, he only gets people's trash. He only has what in his house Mm -hmm. is trash. Who threw away Max? Can we talk about this? Like somehow somebody got Max for a present Mm. or some point in time and threw away poor little Max. And that's how the Grinch got Max. He rescued Max. He rescued Max. He rescued Max. But somebody had to physically throw him out. Terrible. Like that's how I take it because he gets everybody's, like I know. That's really dark, Amanda. (laughs) That's like. (laughs) But you sit there and you think about it. He did nothing wrong and everybody's just calling him this big mean person and he's really not. He's just misunderstood. So the, the in your in your book, the Who's are the terrible yes, people. They're terrible at times, except for little Cindy Lou Who, who's sweet and just wants yeah. to make everything right. My my favorite scene in that movie is where he's got the phone book and he's going, hate, 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 <laughs> loathe entirely. That's my favorite scene in that Also, movie. like when he's like, five o'clock plans, we gotta do this, gotta do that. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I can't cancel on myself again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love I love the live action. Grinch. My kids hate it. They think well, he's really scary. I can see that. So like I rem- I was like was like 2000, so I was older when it came out, but like yeah. my little sisters liked it. But at the same time I can see why kids think it's scary. But mm. I just it's it just as they get older I sit there and I, I resonate more with him at times. <laughs> I shouldn't, but I do. I I've only seen that movie once and I think it was back when it came out and I that was already in high school I think yeah I was too yeah so mm-hmm. we were in high school and I think we must have rented it but I just remember thinking like do we need another Grinch because I love the cartoon so oh, much yeah, same. that and I haven't gone back and watched it but now you know I will watch it before Christmas this time after. <laughs> and like, what I like about it is like, yes, you have the original Grinch, the cartoon, but like this one goes back in his past. And mm-hmm. Why he's so cranky. Yeah. And they've why, got like, like a whole feature like, film. They to do. Fill yeah. yeah. And, um, what's her name? Carolyn Baranski. Is that right? Oh, Christine Baranski. Christine, yeah. Baranski. Yeah. Oh, she's she's amazing. She yeah. was just so funny. And the costuming's great. Molly Shannon is really good in yes, that movie is, too. Yeah. The, yeah. Just the whole, the casting is really well done. And it's just, I don't know. I, it's one of my, 
favorites besides well, like Christmas Vacation and all that. Well, my I will say this: my daughter, I think she was like five years old when they start when it came out on video or something like mm-hmm. that, and um, that was the first movie that she sat through and watched from beginning to oh, end without wow. movie. So I have like a real sentimental attachment mm-hmm. to that movie because it was. My my daughter made me watch it over and over and <laughs> over. So yeah, I do love the the Grinch with uh, yes. Jim Carrey. So this is so fun. But I mean, we've already watched it this year. Um, my in laws were in town last weekend, but a Christmas vacation, hands down, mm-hmm. favorite movie of the season. Clark telling the neighbors off, <laughs> going yep. down the hill with the the special spray on the sled. Cousin it, Eddie, you just can't go wrong. It, it's like my it's like a home movies from my family. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, at times at ours too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, I've got a I've got a cousin Eddie, so yeah, for sure. I think we all have a cousin Eddie somewhere <laughs> in the family. All right, Ben, what are your favorite Christmas movies? Okay, so my all-time number one favorite. Every time I tell people, they're always like that one, but it's Home Alone two. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make that oh, noise. Marty. Oh. Now wait till we get to the second segment. Uh, okay, oh all right. Well, can I just speak up for Home Alone 2? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, when that movie <laughs> came out, I was nine. Um, and to me, and I just rewatched it a couple days ago. I watched it every Christmas, but I just... It was on at Black Rocks when we were there. Yes, it was. Um, but I, to me, when you're a kid, I think people's favorite Christmas movies, it all comes down to like nostalgia and like all that. So it's hard to be like really objective. I like the second one better because it does everything the first one did, but like expands it. So, and I think the writing's better. I think it's funnier, you know, in the original Home Alone, like it mostly is just like takes place in his house. He goes to that store, stops by the church once, but it's like really contained. In the second one, he's like in New York City and you see all these things like, you know, Central Park and Rockefeller Plaza and all these things. And it's really great. Um, I just I like Kevin McAllister a lot. I think if any any uh, boys who grew up in the 90s watched Home Alone, they you know, you dream like, oh, if burglar ever came in, I'm going to put out my micro machines and I'm going to. So, like, I think any kid my age, any guy my age who grew up with these definitely relates to that, you know, and. You get Tim Curry in the second one, who's amazing. Rob Schneider. I I will give you Tim Curry. That's that's amazing. So because okay, you don't have John Candy anymore, Poker King. Uh, So, but you get Tim Curry and Rob Schneider as like a unit. They work for the hotel, the Plaza Hotel, New York's most exciting hotel experience. (laughs) You get Brenda Fricker, the Pigeon Lady. This Mm. is Oscar winner, Academy Academy Award winner Brenda Fricker Mm. as the Pigeon Lady which is amazing, and, you know, I just love it so much. But you also get Donald Trump in one scene. Except not, now it's cut out. I, I, I think they cut it out. They cut it yeah. out because it's on Disney+, Plus, and I'm pretty sure they cut that scene out. Did they actually? They I, I just have it on Blu-ray, so it's got it. I mean, it's like two watched. seconds, so w- whether or not, whatever you think, like, it's <laughs> no, not, I think, like, important. No, I can't remember why, though. There was actually, like, legal reasons why. Not because of, like, the whole, like, everything about him, but there was, like, something about... He wasn't getting royalties or anything. Oh, or something. so he. I got some. There was something along. It, the line it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, I think he was in the movie because he owned the hotel yes, at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So, but anyway, I mean, you get all that. Like they go to Carnegie Hall, like and have that like concert. Him and it's just, I I I love that. 
Um, I love the Toy Story guy. Too. Oh my God! Yes, thank you, Marty. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't talk about Duncan's toy chest. If you were oh, a kid, yes, they go to Duncan's toy that. chest, and it looked like the greatest toy store mm-hmm. in the history of toy stores. And Mr. Duncan is there, and he like whips out the envelope of money, and he's like, "What?" And he's like, "I got got a lot of grandmas or whatever." And he gives them the turtle doves. He, I mean. It's so good. And I love at the end, like they get like the sweet comped, like the best hotel room you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, is Santa going to come to hotels? And they're like, and then they go and there's this amazing Christmas tree and like all these presents and the talk boy. I must mention the talk boy. It was just so cool. You couldn't believe it. You were, it, We had someone in our class who had one and it did not work like that. Mm. that was just movie magic (laughs) but kevin you know he's a master so he but it's just that's my favorite one i watch it every year another Mm -hmm. one i really i think love actually is tops can we talk about um the christmas song when he's trying to film it at the beginning of the movie (laughs) i love that bill Bill Nye. oh gosh that's like one of my favorite parts and then the, the 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 christmas play at the end there's an octopus. Mm. I love I lo- the lobsters. <laughs> the it's lobsters like there was lobsters an at the mid. Well, how many crustaceans are at the birth of our Lord and Savior? <laughs> it's like there were lobsters there. Duh. Yeah. Just, okay. Just all the different. Love right? actually has so many because it's got all these concurrent storylines. There's just so many and great. Alan moments. Rickman. Oh, I love Alan Rickman. Yeah, he's a Christmas but, movie hero, isn't he? I mean, not a hero in the Christmas movies. I he, he plays a good villain. I yeah in multiple I, Christmas movies. I do, I do, I do love love Alan Rickman, but boy, he's that not was, that. I um, really disliked him in that movie. In Love Actually, yeah. well, he's so detestable. When Emma yeah. Thompson opens that box up and it's like a Joni and then, CD, and, and then like, no, I know it was in the other one. And then that scene afterwards where she goes into the bedroom and she. That scene just kills me She's every so, time I watch it. Such a good actress. Oh, so <laughs> good. I mean, and we have to talk about it does feature the greatest Christmas song of all time. Oh, oh God. I mean, that's not even up <laughs> for debate. Okay. So there's Whamageddon when you get hit by Wham on the mm-hmm. radio. Can we just call something Mariah Carey something? No, because you want to hear that song. There's um, no Whamageddon. Get out of here. I, I actually, the, you're going to hate me for this, but I really like the little girl in this movie better than I like Mariah Carey. <laughs> I, I I don't know why. Maybe it's just because of the affection I have for the movie, but I love that scene. Well, okay. But I mean, like, that's little girl Mariah's, like, you know, you can't really compare them. <laughs> but I mean, she does a great job with the song, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a testament to how great the song is. And the boy, oh my God. Oh, the little boy. He's playing the drums. The drums and watching her dance around. And then when she like hits the note and starts pointing at him and he just has this huge grin. And then she starts (laughs) pointing at everyone else. Uh, Love actually is great. Mm -hmm. And what else? Christmas Vacation is always a solid choice. Um, we should talk about 8-Bit Christmas now. Because, yeah, well, I want to hear Marty's favorites. Mm-hmm. And then, okay. and well, yeah, but, we also need, because that's yeah. Ben and I watched that I, one. I love that. Okay, yeah, my favorite film, not Christmas until I watch it, It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. I love that movie. Never seen it. Amanda, the last time we sat uh, here, you had No Fruitcake, it. no It's a Wonderful Life. It was always on. She hadn't seen like, To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, my God. All right, well, It's a Wonderful Life, Jimmy Stewart. I'm Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> and and Donna Reed. Come on. Hey, I mean, just. What little town? 
there's a little town that does like becomes yeah um bedford falls yeah. and um, they um the, they... the two actors and the actor and actress that played the little kids mm-hmm. they go back every winter yep. and spend some time there yeah there was a whole story on the news this weekend we yeah i really i cute. i i just love it's a wonderful life and i think it's because it's a movie that my dad introduced there me to mm-hmm. and i mean he watched it every year loved it and i mean and everybody all the actors in that movie are just amazing um lionel barrymore is mm-hmm. mr potter one of the greatest villains of all time so i'll try to watch it this year. Uh, we're all we're, we're both staring at amanda going we can't believe well it just it used to run on tv like forever constantly. yeah well, well that's because always, the copyright was, issues right, it was that. always on christmas eve yep yep and yeah. we were always at you were gone. We were always at a family member's house Christmas Eve. We always had dinner and then presents and then got home and we went to midnight mass. Gotcha. So like we were never actually home Christmas Eve mm-hmm. growing up. And then what since I've been with my husband until the past few years, we've always traveled and haven't mm-hmm. been home Christmas Eve yeah. or we've been at church or family functions or at our house, TBS plays 24-7 the mm-hmm. day before Christmas because it's yeah. a Christmas story. Christmas story. Yeah. yeah. And I love a Christmas story too, but... Um, yeah, it's a wonderful life. And I think they've started, NBC started showing that like on Thanksgiving Eve or something oh, like that now. So oh, really? I didn't yeah, I, I, at least last couple of times that I've seen it on network TV and I've, I've sort of gotten rid of network TV as opposed to mm-hmm. now I just have streaming services, but, um, we yeah. We get NBC because we have an antenna on the window. Well, I, and I, you know, I, I like stream WLUC and all that. Mm-hmm. So I do see the live stuff because I can't give up my Olympics. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> Olympics and football at our house. There, well, there you go. So, okay. It's a wonderful life. Um, Love Actually is right up there with me, uh, with you. I'm with you guys on that one. Um, and, um, I have to say a Christmas story is okay. like right up there. That was, that's been my uh, wife's family's favorite film. I mean, uh, the, those lines from that movie are quoted all year long in our house. So, um, those would be my top, top three films. Although I want to give an honorable mention to the Bishop's wife with um Cary Grant, which is fantastic. I have not seen that. Well, have you seen The Preacher's Wife with Whitney Houston? Yeah, yeah. That's a remake of okay. the The Bishop's oh. Wife, which is a better film. Well, I mean, uh, it's got David Niven, Loretta Young, and Cary Grant. I mean, Cary Grant. Yeah, yeah, and he plays an angel. So I mean, he's so good. He's so good. So yeah, um, those are those are my my top movies. But let's talk about. 8-bit Christmas. Yes, let's. <laughs> so, so I saw it for the preview for it right around Thanksgiving. We were going to watch it Thanksgiving weekend, but we didn't get a chance. Ben was like, I'm watching it tonight. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go downstairs. We're going <laughs> to drag my husband downstairs. We're going to watch it. And it reminded me of a modern day Christmas story mm-hmm. with the Princess Bride-like storytelling. Yep. Going back and forth between the stories with the Sandlot feel-good story. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. It was so good. It's the best new Christmas movie I've seen in quite some time. Yeah. For sure. And I watched it because you found me, like, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago. You're like, 8-Bit Christmas. It's my new favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. It, I loved it. It was I, great. I loved it. If We're not going to give any spoilers, but if you haven't watched it, 
we would all encourage you to watch it. Mm. It's on HBO Max. I think it's exclusive to HBO Max. I think Blue Line Cinema on HBO. I think it will yeah. come out on video eventually. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't. I don't know if it was released in theaters I or not. So. I, I don't think it was. I think it was just um, on HBO Max. And it's this kid. It's Neil Patrick Harris. Um, talking to his daughter in modern day about how he got his Nintendo, the original Nintendo. It's because she wants a phone. She mm-hmm. wants a phone. He's yeah. like, that's not happening. Let me tell you, let me, <laughs> let tell, me tell you the tell story you, yes. about Nintendo. And I remember when we got our Nintendo, like in 89, it was such a huge deal because I think the character that he plays in the movie is just like like two or three years older than me. So mm-hmm. Yeah, he's right around. He's he's that 80s kid mm-hmm. age. Yeah. And it's just, it was so funny. I, I, I think my favorite parts of the movie... when they were driving downtown to chicago because if anybody's Mm -hmm. ever driven through chicago oh boy if you do not drop at least one explicit word and his dad dad. (laughs) but like they're driving through and all of a sudden he gets cut off by a car and he's like it's a wisconsin plate yeah wisconsin (laughs) swerving yeah and then and then when they're in the mall and the dad heaves someone over the escalator like he hates clowns is it? Oh, I thought it was clowns or something. No, it was too. a Packer fan. It was the okay. comment about the Packer fan, and I yeah. just, I, I died laughing. And my husband's like, "What's so funny?" I'm like, "Do not catch that." We were around it. He's like, "Okay, that's funny." I loved like at the start when he starts the story and he's riding his bike and. You see it in the screen, and, and the daughter's like, "You're wearing a helmet." And he's like, "Yes." Oh we, yeah, we are. We all wore helmets in the eighties, and then Bing, Bing, and a helmet appears. on his yeah. head. What, what color helmet was it, Dad? Uh, was it a green helmet? Yes. 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 Bing, there's the green helmet. I just, I love the scenes where he's telling the story because she's not into it, and then of course later on she is. She wants to mm-hmm. find out, but he's just like, "It was, was it '87? Wait, the Bears '85 Super Bowl?" And she's, he's like, "The year was the late '80s." <laughs> um, it was just, uh, it was so, good. it was so good, and okay. and all the actors. I mean, the father, Steve Zahn, Steve Zahn so is yeah. is amazing. I yeah. love the mom, and yeah, that. the mom was really good, and all the little kids were good too. Yeah. My favorite, I mean, out of all of the the little toadies that the, he mm-hmm. has with him, I love I love the kid who had the Nintendo oh. and was, oh. was coming out every morning going you you yeah. you yeah. no was you Timmy King yeah, yeah Timmy King. he was like, like a the- rich kid and he was the only one who had one and all you the kids would show up like at his house oh just total crap <laughs> and like. That- Oh, the glove. power glove. <laughs> which, which, yeah, that, that power glove was crap. Oh, it was, See, the, never, it barely never, worked. We didn't have a Nintendo growing yeah. up, but we had friends who did. Um, and so we never got to play the power glove because none of my friends had it. Well, it barely worked. It just looked awesome. I remember being really little and I think seeing, seeing it like in Nintendo Power or something. Yeah. And you're just like, this is this is like from the future, mm-hmm. this power glove. Yeah. And it famously is like the one of the worst video game peripherals of all time. But like at the time, it just looked so awesome. Yeah. It did look cool. Don't get me wrong. He's just like pulls it out of his bathrobe over his clothes. He's like, Ooh. Oh, I loved that. And what they and, were oh, like playing upstairs. music. It was like, <laughs> I need a hero. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, and then and then when he's trying, he's using it against uh, uh, the the little, girl. the little girl, and she's just like kicking his butt, mm. and he's getting so mad. And Future's I'm, CEO. Yeah, well, and here's the thing, I mean, the funniest part for me is when he the the dog. Yeah. On TV. I mean, people would think that's awful, but I th- still think it's really funny when the TV falls on the dog. I'm, he, the dog lives. The dog lives. Yes, <laughs> but. It's really, really funny. It is. <laughs> and then and, this, uh, the poor Nintendo takes all the blame. 
Well, and here's the thing, the thing that really got me, and I'm not going to give away the ending or mm-hmm. anything, oh, but that so ending had, oh. had me, yes. I, I totally surprised, yep. you yep. know, did not expect where it was headed. Nope. And when the ending came, I was just like sitting there and I, st- I was watching by myself the first time I'm like sitting there sobbing oh, over boy. it. It was just so, so good. Yeah. They sold me a ticket on that ending because <laughs> yeah, I was, was like, awful. I loved yeah. the ending. And the whole movie's great. Watch it. If you're listening to this, mm-hmm. go yeah. watch it. A- 8-Bit Christmas. Um, it, it's going to be like a tradition in my yeah. house to watch that. Even my son, who usually is not, thinks if I like something, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He will literally just take the opposite point of view just to, yeah. just to do that. I said, you are going to sit here and you're going to watch this movie. And he sat there and loved it. For your own good. So, I mean, I think it's one that any any kid, any age would, yeah. would really enjoy. You probably so. wait till next year for the girls to watch it yeah. when they're a little older. Um, I think they'll like it. Oh, I think they will, too. Right now, they're, they're, we've watched all the Christmas movies on Netflix and Disney+. Plus. I, I loved the Christmas Chronicles. Christmas Chronicles was really good. We've watched both. I them. haven't watched the second one yet, it though. Was, Is it... It's a little cheesier. Yeah. Um, there's some time travel involved. There's a couple really sweet moments. Um, mm-hmm. Jingle Jangle's really great. Okay. Um, and then my other favorite one is Klaus. I've got to see that one. I want to see yeah, the um, boy, the oh, boy named Christmas. Yeah, I haven't seen that. We, have, we haven't watched that one yet. Mm-hmm. We, we spent all weekend watching Christmas movies. With okay. Klaus. All right. Klaus is amazing. And I haven't seen any of these. So. Klaus is really good. I like the animation and the story is just so sweet. And yeah. Yeah. Klaus is really good. But I got to see the boy who, uh, the boy named Christmas as well. All right. All right. So now that we've talked about the movies that uh, we love, it's time to talk about the holiday movies that you think are overrated. The films that the Grinch could throw off the top of Mount Crumpet and you would not miss them. <laughs> okay? So uh, who wants to go first on this one? Um, you want me to go first? I'll go, I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. Um, I, I had a hard time with this because, like, if they're just there's a lot of Christmas movies that, like, I don't watch. They're not as good as the ones I do like. So mm. I don't, I thought about this and I, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> I think the most overrated Christmas movie is the best I can come up, come up with was Elf. Oh, and here's the thing. No, I'll say why. Oh. I, okay. No, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just, I like Elf. I've got a mug that says "Cotton Headed Ninny Muggins." <laughs> uh, uh, look. Yeah, there it is. Marty's right got it. here. I have, I have one too. Yeah, mine's uh, "Son of a Nutcracker." There you go. I, I, think, I think I've got that one. Too. See, I think what happened was because I was just thinking, I was like, I haven't seen Elf in a few years now. I think it just got. It's very Will Ferrelly, mm-hmm. so you got to be into that. Which, like, sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. Also, like, I think it was like the Christmas movie of the 2010s. Like, they were pushing it. USA used to run this. They were trying to make it, like, their marathon Christmas movie. And I saw it so many times, parts of it, where I was just like, I'm done with Elf. Like, I'm I'm Mm. done with Elf. Like, I think it's fine. I did, like, look up a bunch of lists just to get inspiration. Mm -hmm. You had sent me one. I looked up a bunch. Elf is on there. I think it's, like, good, but it's not top tier for me. So Mm. I wouldn't say it's bad, but I'd say it's overrated 
just because I don't think it's like the best. And mm. I kind of got burned out on it. But people say the same thing about like Christmas Story too. Yeah. Like you can get burned out on that. You can get burned, burned out on anything. Well, anything. I mean, when they were yeah. playing It's a Wonderful Life over and over yeah, and over, I, people yeah. got totally burned out they on that. Totally did. So I think like, you know, Elf, we just got chill on Elf. Because I think <laughs> the, it came out in 2003, but I think really by 2010, it was just becoming like the Christmas movie all the time. And now we're just going to chill on Elf for a bit. We can watch 8-Bit Christmas for now. I, I think that's a good choice. And I, we can go back to Elf. I love Elf. I do not like Elf the Musical. Oh! Wow. I know Northern just did it. Yeah. But, like, they took my favorite parts of the movie and just, like, stripped it away. And the Jovi line was nowhere near what it was great in mm. the movie. And, like, it was like, oh, it's so great. And I'm just like, yeah, I guess. I wasn't, I wasn't a fan. I'm like, yeah. I know my husband works. Uh, well, I, 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 I did not, I don't care for Elf the Musical that much. I didn't, I didn't. Like yeah, it. no. The only one was the Santa song in the second act when mm. all the Santas were like done with their job and they were like drinking at the Chinese yeah. restaurant. Yep. That was like my only part that I enjoyed <laughs> about the show. But, but, like, but I love James Caan in oh. Elf. He's so good. And yeah, I mean, it's like you almost—he's like plays the softened version of Sonny Corleone in that yeah, in that does, movie, and I'm like expecting him to like you know take Just out, lose it. start losing yeah. it, take out a a chair and start beating somebody oh, with it, man. you know. So that is true. That Peter is true. Dinklage in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's one of uh, my son's favorite things. Like if I lose my lose lose my temper with him, he'll look at me and go. You're a South Pole elf, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wow. Did you have you watched the thing on Netflix, movies that made us? I yeah. did. Yeah, there was the one on Elf. That was really interesting. Yeah, it, it was. was. Yeah, it was really that. interesting. And, and my appreciation for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and the writer that. literally set out to want to make one of those classic movies that he was proud of for it. He could show to his kids in that, mm -hmm. and I, I love Elf. I. I I don't think it's overrated, but the thing that kills me is that they keep on offering Will Ferrell like millions of dollars he won't to do, do another too. one. And that's the, like the stupidest thing. Want. He's like, what, 60 some years old but now or late 50s, early 60s? Don't make, don't make sequels. No. Like, Unless it's Home Alone 2, then you can't. Uh, but that idea I, is so great that they can only be done. See, I, I didn't even touch it because I still think Home Alone, the original is better than Home Alone 2. Just... Just because no, it, there's more, the Home Alone 2 is a rehash. That's all it is. Better. A it's better an rehash. It's an improvement. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Amanda, what is your overrated? Throw it off the all top right, of Mount so, Crumpet. Um, Hallmark movies. Mm. Well, yeah, that goes I mean, without saying. Goes I was trying to like, yeah. come up with a real I know. answer. Um, so I, got a couple. <laughs> I have, I have two. Okay. Well, one's a set. I think the Home Alones are overrated, personally. Get how out. how do you lose your child twice? twice? It was an accident. First time, an accident. Second time, bad parenting. Yeah, bad parenting. Well, okay, but I mean, they were nice people. They had a lot of I mean, kids I to keep track of. I love Catherine O'Hare. Oh, yeah. I love her, but I'm just like, you're parenting, man. Like, And I get it. It is what it is. Like, <laughs> that's what the movie's supposed to be. I don't think my nine-year-old would come up to save the house that well. Like, I love my daughter, but I can't see her putting micro... I see her calling, Dad, Mom, where are you at? Well, Kevin McAllister is just one in a million. Apparently. <laughs> Plus, yeah. like, he, he, is, he is scared. That's why he doesn't... Part of, like, his character is, like, you know, he wants to be brave, but, like, he doesn't want to get in trouble. Any, like, nine-year-old is going to be like, I don't want to get in trouble. Did I do something wrong? So that's why he's not, like, immediately calling 911. 
Mm-hmm. You know, but and I think also I think that's why Home Alone Two works better than Home Alone One. Home Alone One, he's at his house the whole time. You're telling me they can't find him? They can't find him. <laughs> the cops he's, drive by and they're like, "Oh, hey, he's at his house." Home. At least in the second one, he's in the largest city in the country. It'd be hard to find. I mean, mm. right? That's a good point. I, I, I that is a good point, and I'm still. I, I mean, wish that the second <laughs> one had been the first one. I think that if. Because I just think, like, the writing's better, it's funnier, it makes more sense. Like, they lose him in the airport. They just don't leave him at home. Right. They're in O'Hare, and it's, like, such a large airport. And they wake up late twice. Who does not have multiple alarm clocks? Well, they should have learned their lesson, but, like, <laughs> they didn't. I think, look, it's not, like, an exemplary example of great parenting. But I'm just saying, like... Home Alone 2, you know, it makes more sense no. that they would lose him at the airport okay. and then they can't find him in New York. Did you see the new Home Alone? No, uh, no. I've my never kids, seen any more Home Alone. I've watched it twice. It's, I hate it. Okay. I, I absolutely it? hate it. I don't understand. I, I, okay, I should say, I haven't seen enough of it. I know the one brother is the cop. Yeah. The, the, um, the, the, the buzz. Buzz is in plays it. A, plays a cop oh, in it. Plays a cop. But like, they're trying to break in or something. I don't know. I was well, so... and and Kevin, Kevin is actually you never see him. Macaulay Culkin okay. does, but um, he he's the owner of a home security um, business, oh, yes. and his brother is a cop, one of the security people for That's that funny. business. So oh. I mean, there's there's stuff in there, but, but here's the yeah. thing: I hate the kid. I think oh, he's yeah. a spoiled, spoiled. Oh, see, and I, snot. I, I they were watching it one day when I came home from work. After school, and I'm like, "What are you watching, Maddie? The new Home Alone?" And I'm like, "I thought you were waiting to watch that with your sister." <laughs> no, I got bored, and so they watched the end of it together. And then obviously, had to start it over so Izzy could watch the whole thing. It, it's terrible. Well, I, I, I have to say it; it's terrible. They made a Home Alone three a few years ago, which I've te- never another seen. terrible film. See, they well, should not make these. sequels. These other ones. Yes, yeah, they should have just stopped with the first one. No. <laughs> What they did was they did the first one, but they they were like, "Look, it was okay. We can improve this." Then they stopped. Then they stopped. You know, you yeah, know, it makes more sense. You take you take Kevin McAllister and Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern out of those movies, and Catherine O'Hara. You don't. You should have do Home Alone. Yet. They shouldn't make Home Alone movies without the. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're well, saying. my favorite thing that it was a tweet that I saw from Macaulay Culkin. And I think it was something like, just to make you feel old, I just turned 40. Yeah. I just, and I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. That made me feel so old. Yeah, And then the oh. other one that I find overrated, and I will preface this, that I love <laughs> the book. And I love it so much that I have a signed copy in our house. What is this? The Polar Express. Oh, oh yeah. You got a Chris Van Allsburg signed book? Yes. I do have a Oh, my gosh. Um, but the movie... I worked at the movie theater at the time. <laughs> the song at the end with Josh Groban singing oh, over Groban. and over. But it was the graphics that got me. Yeah, it, oh, it's that, in the Uncanny Valley. The Uncanny that was Valley. A, that was I the thing. So I think like, like... The graphics and the Tom Hanks. The yeah, story it, itself is fine. The story I wish is it would good. have been animated, animated. Yeah. Not the live capture. It's well, here's the, here's the thing. I they That was like one of the first ones that they did. Yeah. Um, when they hit um, Disney's A Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey, I never saw. That I think one. I think that they did it better in that movie because they made him a little more cartoony. The characters mm-hmm. in that one, so it's not quite so creepy. Um, it was but super weird. It was like watching um, like a um, a video game yeah. for it was, an hour well, and a half. It's it's a real phenomenon, the Uncanny Valley. Mm-hmm. It's just like, and then you can like look this up. Like it's yep. got like a chart. Like the more lifelike something is. 
the more disconnected the audience is to the characters. And that's the valley, the uncanny valley. And it's just, it was a choice. I think like it would have been safer. It was, it would have been safer for them to just do a straight animated movie. But Chris Von Allsberg, one of his things to let them make the movie, he said, I don't want an animated film. Ooh. So they were like, but so that, that's how they, that's how they sold it to him. And I liked the hobo storyline. Oh yeah. I like that, but I just, it's the way it was done. I just, I we we own it. It's it's a favorite of my children's, and my husband enjoys it. My my daughter it was one of her favorite I Christmas just, movies. I, just yeah. I went and saw that in the theaters. Tr- I did too. Three D. Yeah. Well, Ooh, I saw it, like yeah, I think it came out in 04, we, right? 04, It was either 03 or 04. I remember I still worked at the movie theater, and we had two copies of it. So like one would be ending, and you would hear the Josh Groban song, and then five minutes later the it would start, up, start again. up again and my friend and I would just like we'd be yelling from both theaters singing it the loudest I like the story a lot and I think mm-hmm. the stuff with the uncanny valley is like subjective everyone has their own personal like creep factor with that sort of stuff to me I can get past it and I th- but I know people who can't and it's like a real thing so mm-hmm. it's a fair choice Amanda well yeah. I, I I will agree with you I, I have sentimental attachment because mm-hmm. my daughter loved mm-hmm. that movie, loved it. Um, but I want to tell you a little story because I, I did a podcast, a Christmas podcast with somebody where we talked about um, Polar Express. And one of the things I found out is that you find out the backs, they cut some scenes where the the two engineers of the train, they sang this song telling the backstory of the hobo and who he was. Oh. And literally, remember how they say that when they're coming down that hill and there's only like, a, whatever, a six inch, mm-hmm. literally the, the song, I'm glad they cut it, was that the hobo was on top of the train and literally had his head sheared off. Oh, boy. I think I've heard that, but that's It's terrible. I've seen the song, you know, because they didn't fully animate it, but they have a version yeah. of yeah. it. And I watch it. I'm like, thank the God DVD. they, it is on the DVD. Okay, I we think. have the DVD. I yeah. It up. It, it's just a terrifying thing. I don't know. I was watch like, that. yeah, it's like <laughs> when, when they told me that, and I'm like, thank God they left that out. I can't imagine. They'd have been awful for kids. My daughter probably would have been slept for mm-hmm. weeks. All right, so all right, Your here we go. Movie? My overrated movie. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> this might get into the next one that oh, we're going to oh. be touching upon. Um, um, I, I remember going to see this film when it first came out, which it didn't come out. Funnily, it didn't come out at the holiday season. It actually came out in the summer. I, I don't know why that would be, but uh, you know if. It is actually a Christmas movie, but <laughs> well, <if you're... laughs> wait, 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 wait. Uh, we'll we'll get into it, but I'm just talking about overrated. Okay, yeah. as an action film, it's great. Christmas film, not. I w- I'm going to say overrated is Die Hard. Um, I love Bruce Willis in the movie, and of course, you know who it has as the villain. And I love <laughs> Alan Rickman. I love him. I love him and all the other actors, but. Um, if someone is watching Die Hard on TV at Christmas time, I'm probably gonna walk out of the room and go and try some more spiked eggnog. Okay, go. All right. So. So with that. <laughs> that um, that's that's my first one, and um, you know, um, the, this is gonna sound really strange because I really love this movie, but I think that um, people need to take a break from a Christmas story a little bit. Yeah. Too. That's yeah. how I felt with Elf, and I yeah. think like you know. I mean, it's 
We it, have a major award in our window on a Fred Julie box. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do too. I do too. See, that's the thing. But I don't know this whole, and I hate the channels that do this whole thing of playing it 24 yeah. seven, you know, cause they do that. I think they do that in England with love actually. Oh, really? um, oh, yeah. Really? They do that with love actually. <laughs> um, uh, there's another, there's another movie, um, a Christmas story. Elf plays on another channel, that's like 24 seven. Something like that. And I'm like, why do they do that? I would prefer that instead of just 24-7 of the same movie, they just do 24-7 of Christmas movies and just yeah, play yeah. them. Play all the classics once. Yeah. That might exactly. And then play, like, if you want to be like TBS, play that one at 7 o'clock when you know most people are going to be home. Exactly. You know. People have it on streaming or on the Well, exactly. And I, and I, I mean... I will watch A Christmas Story this Christmas. Obviously, I will because my family loves it and everything. But, you know, there's some kind of Christmas Story weariness. Yeah. But I will say that the musical version of A Christmas Story, I think, is really good. The one they did, it, did they do the musical at Northern? Was that what it was? I don't know if they did play. that when it, I think they did the play of they that one. And that was but bad. It was fun. When they did it live with Matthew Broderick on, uh, I think it was oh, Fox. Yeah, oh, yeah, with Maya Rudolph. As Maya well. Rudolph, I thought I mean, she was really... We didn't get to watch it. It was really good, and they added some songs. Um, uh, Flick's, Flick's mother sings this song about Hanukkah or something <laughs> like that. That's No, Schwartz's mother does that. Oh, that's fun. And um, it, it was really, really good. Huh. So, um, yeah, but those are the two that you could probably toss off Mont Crumpet, and it, at least for this Christmas season, it wouldn't bother me. I also me. want to put out there that Gremlins is not Ooh, yeah, Gremlins is um. That's on my list. Too, that's a right? very dark, dark movie. I although I love Phoebe Cates's little soliloquy about her father getting stuck, and I I remember laughing so hard when I saw that in the movie at that point in time. I don't know if it was supposed to be funny or not, but <laughs> I laughed so hard. I get it. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm like, I'm like no. Mm -mm. Okay. All right. Um, so now, now let's do it. Uh, is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? And this is what Ben has been waiting for. He's got his ammunition. So let's hear it. Okay. <laughs> I, let's just let her, let's just say what we are all for. I say Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Not a Christmas movie. Okay. Well, <laughs> when I'm done, oh, I'm yeah. just, I'm coming here. For a good faith debate, <laughs> I, I'm I'm totally right. there. Yeah. So, and I I might, not have, I might have to have another uh, rum ball before bourbon we do ball. this <laughs> bourbon they're not, ball. They're not as good as Schweddy's balls. Though. Well, that's oh. all right. You know, you know, nothing beats those. Those, yeah, they're just so glistening. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious dish. Okay, oh. so I do. I I like how when we talked about overrated Christmas movies, you brought up Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Because it's a Christmas movie, and this is the thing, okay? <laughs> and since we did our last podcast, I have done so much research on this. <laughs> and I've talked to as many people as I could find. I've canvassed the library mm. for opinions. I've searched online to find, because I believe, like, like, there are a lot of movies. Some of those movies are Christmas movies, and some of them aren't. So there must be, the movies that are Christmas movies, there must be some sort of objective thing that makes them Christmas movies, and other movies aren't. And that is why I think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. If you, it checks all the objective criteria that is a Christmas movie that makes something a Christmas movie. Now, first off, it takes place entirely on Christmas. And you see the people who are arguing against it say, 
just because it takes place on Christmas doesn't make it a Christmas movie. That's true. But here, <laughs> hold on, guys. Can I? Okay, all right. I have searched for this. Name me one other movie in the history of cinema that wholly takes place on Christmas that isn't a Christmas movie. There are none. There are movies that have Christmas in them because they span space and time and they hit Christmas holiday or something. Christmas Carol. What are you talking about? That's a Christmas, Christmas movie. Carol. Yeah, yeah, but like it takes place all on Christmas. Oh, you mean like all another that, that is not that a is Christmas not a Christmas movie. movie. All right. Yeah, so you're right. Thinking. Obviously, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> okay, now, Home Alone. Just kidding. <laughs> Boy. So you you see you see that a lot. But the thing is, there's no other example of a movie that mm. completely takes place on Christmas that isn't a Christmas movie. Like this was purposely on Christmas. Now the writer, the screenwriter of this guy named Stephen D'Souza mm -hmm. says it's a Christmas movie. He said he intentionally wrote it as a Christmas movie. And I think like we have to believe the writer's intent on this. Also, I don't think a lot of people know this. This movie is adapted from a book. Mm -hmm. So, and I actually, I want to get the, I have this screenshotted because I want to get this. Okay. So the book is called Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe. And it's like a Christmas book. It takes place on Christmas Eve. And it gives more insight to the character because in the book, John McClane, the book is throughout his entire POV. And he explains the reason why he went across the country to try to save his family on Christmas is because he's missed so many Christmases. He was a cop and he missed, and before that he was in the army and he kept missing Christmases and this, he was not going to let this happen. If you just think of the basic plot of this movie, it's a guy, his family's estranged from his family. He, he's going across the country on Christmas Eve to give it one last shot. And there are obstacles in the way. And then finally at the end, like he is reunited with his wife on Christmas morning. They get into a limo. They drive away. Let it snow is plain. And I think, and if I were to just pitch anyone that they would say, well, it's a Christmas movie. People it's the genre that <laughs> is the hang up for people because there are not, there are so many, and me and Marty have talked about this down in Cirque mm -hmm. before. There are Christmas movies of every other genre. Ooh. There are romantic Christmas movies, comedies. There are dramas, mysteries. mysteries. There's a whole subgenre of Christmas horror movies. Mm -hmm. Krampus. 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 Oh my and the thing is, so, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. yeah, so it's established. But it's just as an action Christmas movie, it sort of stands alone. And because it does, people are like, well, I don't want it. And just like full disclosure, I don't watch Die Hard on Christmas. Mm -hmm. I watched it last week in preparation for this. <laughs> I watched it I did, I did yeah, too. So I did we all too. did. It was the first time I think I'd ever watched Die Hard. At Christmas? At Christmas. It's just, but I that doesn't make it not a Christmas movie. Whether we like it or not, is doesn't make it a Christmas movie. There are a lot of Christmas movies that I'm not going to watch this year. It doesn't make them. It's like there's something objective about it that makes a Christmas movie a Christmas movie. Just because we don't like it, that's not that's not enough. Now, I mean, it 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 hits all the things. It's like he's reunited his family. It's on Christmas Eve. It's purposely on Christmas Eve. You know, it's got Christmas music all throughout the film. Christmas imagery. <laughs> imagery um and sort of like home alone too i mean home alone comma also like <laughs> you know the bad guys have a plot and they're gonna like he the terrorists are doing this because it's a christmas party mm -hmm. their whole it's like joe pesci and marv you know their their whole plan is contingent on it being christmas mm -hmm. you know they are they want to rob these houses 
and they have to it has to be christmas because then they're going to be away like hans and the terrorists they want to like rob the bearer bonds out of nakatomi plaza but they need everyone all in one place and they have to do it on christmas christmas eve because it's during the christmas party so i mean it's the genre hang up if you look at like just objectively it hits all the christmas boxes also the director john mctiernan he had an interview last december with american film institute he says it is a christmas movie and he said when he was making it he wasn't sure because the movie was kind of it switched screenwriters and all this and he's like but now like looking back it definitely is so i think whether we like it or not it checks the objective criteria for it being a christmas movie and we don't have to watch it at Christmas for mm. it to be a Christmas movie. You know, it can just be not a cr- good Christmas movie for us. It's an overrated Christmas it, movie. It, it could be an overrated Christmas well, movie. That's why it was interesting you brought that up. Here's, here's the thing. Okay. So I always, the criteria for me for a Christmas movie, it has to have a moment where it's sort of like Linus coming out and putting the tree or whatever, dropping his blanket and saying, here's what Christmas is all about. Right. Every movie that I consider a Christmas movie has that moment. Well, don't you- uh, but I will say that when, when you were talking about this, I was thinking, you know what? Die Hard is sort of an adult version of Home Alone. That's exactly it. And I wanted, I got <laughs> I to gotta bring this up because, so for the listeners, we have a person in circulation. Her name's Kat. She's a film major. Cat mm-hmm. said it's absolutely a Christmas movie. Uh, it's just the adult version of Home Alone. Like, John McClane in Nakatomi Plaza is just Kevin in his house. In his house. Blowing up things. Yes. And that and that's what it is. And I mean and But there is not that moment. I just, where you don't I think get, that moment at the end? I love that he gets together with his wife and everything. And the thing is, like, I think <laughs> if you were to have that standard, like there you could find movies that we all think are Chris, Christmas movies that maybe don't have that. That's very subjective. You know what I mean? Like, because what you consider that moment because to me when you just said that like i think that moment at the end where he's finally with holly and that's not that's intentional his wife's name is holly um (laughs) where he finally and then they can drive away and i the limo driver's like oh man christmas it does have one of the best christmas songs in it though it sure does talking about christmas and what you sure are christmas and hollis and hollis yeah 100 percent. so it's got (laughs) that (laughs) i mean so i just think even though i don't watch it at christmas i have to defend it as a christmas movie because i think it is there is another channel that plays die hard on a 24 7 loop well it's okay if we don't like it i don't think it's a christmas movie and everybody that's maybe entitled to their own opinions but as i was watching it tuesday nights i haven't watched it since i was a kid Mm -hmm. because it was when it first came out and then everybody watched it and to me it was just an action movie shoot them up and so as i'm watching it tuesday night i kept text i just kept texting but i'm like what in good god's swear word name but doesn't he have shoes no shoes yeah. no shoes like okay you're in the bathroom what happened changing. to his shoes i don't he even never remember re- he was changing in the, bathroom, changing in the shower, bathroom like giving himself like the sink shower and he had him off for some odd reason and i'm just like you hear gunshots you grab your gun but not your shoes because he's a real cop he, he he needs the gun he doesn't need the shoes I don't know. He needed the shoes when he was sitting in the bathroom, bleeding all over the place. He will literally walk through broken glass to get his <laughs> wife back on Christmas Eve, guys. Wow. I mean, wow. What a, I, that, was, that was my biggest thing. I'm like, how the heck 
Like that was like, <laughs> like, like whatever. But I was like, shoes, 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 like the entire time. Yeah. Like, how stupid. She was focused on the shoes. There was a great meme that I saw like last week and it just said, tip for watching Christmas movies this holiday. If you watch Die Hard right after Love Actually, Alan Rickman gets punished for what he did. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. That's And actually, I've seen these little um, Christmas ornaments. It's John McClane in this like silver box Mm -hmm. and it's like Bruce Willis's face like climbing through uh, an air vent. The air doctor. Yeah. I sent you the Etsy. You can buy them off Etsy. It's a Christmas countdown of the tower Mm -hmm. with Hans and every day he just gets a mm-hmm. little bit closer. <laughs> yeah, dude, what? he That's falls. It feels like in the movie, it forever. feels like he's falling for like a whole minute. What you know? What he's falling from the thirtieth. When they made that movie, Alan Rickman had no idea that he was going to be pushed off. Oh fa- yeah. So that mm-hmm. actual face that you see oh, him having such is a meme. terrifying. It's great. Yeah. You know, but like, and there's a tradition in Christmas movies of like, there's always not always, but a lot of them have the dastardly villain that's trying to prevent Christmas. Mm. And he, he's obviously just that, you know, I think it's just the genre thing that people are hung up on and no one has to watch it at Christmas, but if you're going to judge them objectively, it is. Are you convinced Amanda? I don't think it's a Christmas movie. It's not the Christmas movie have, for you. No, it's I mean, a subjective I thing. I guess. Everybody can have their own opinions about it. I, I, I still vote nay yeah, I'm on it, but again, you make you made some really good points, mm-hmm. and like you said, it's it's a lot of it's a lot about genre too. You know it that is. we don't think like I would say there's there is um, an action flick, sort of an action flick that I would consider. A Christmas movie. It's a terrible Christmas movie, but it's still a good one. Uh, I, I, it's still a Christmas movie, and that's Jingle All the Way. Oh my god! Yeah. I love. I almost. I with would, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, I, because that is sort of like an action film. So, it is, but it has that moment because he comes back to his family and everything, mm-hmm. and he saves the day for his son. I mean, that for me is a Christmas action film. Die Hard. It's well. It, <laughs> I mean, it's just. I think like. I think we can say it's a Christmas movie, but not a cr- good Christmas movie for us. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, I don't watch it at Christmas. Yeah, but and if I to look me, about, you can watch it any time of the year. Yeah, and one of my arguments was going to be, well, it was released in the summer. But I, I mean, remember that, seeing it in the summer. It did. But but the original Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, yeah, was released. I in actually, the summer. I actually looked this up. There, there have been many examples of like Christmas things they don't get released at Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's not how movie when a movie like if it comes out in august i mean it takes place in august yeah. you know like even this summer like one of me and amanda's favorite shows ted lasso <laughs> ted oh lasso. i love that they, they had a yeah. christmas yep. episode and it, it came out in so august good. it was one of the best christmas episodes oh, i've ever such, seen oh, yeah. and, but such... that came out in august yeah so yeah. i mean it doesn't really you know it's also an action now movie. i want to go home and watch that well episode. and plus you think of series stranger things christmas yeah um, through the whole thing yeah. so, so you know it's okay well, I don't know if we settled this you know, debate. I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm looking over at Marty and it's like the end of the Grinch. I can see the heart. <laughs> I think it's the bourbon balls. <laughs> all we right. Before, but we should say what we all brought to. I brought homemade bourbon balls that have been so That are mean. just so good. Um, we make cherry bounce every year mm. with Traverse City cherries. And so these ones have been soaking for years they're really really good yeah, i mean i've had i think i've had three of the bourbon balls already so i didn't have maybe any. that's why my heart is growing three sizes okay yeah, Marty, what did you bring? i brought it was 
two of two of my favorite things at Christmas. I love white fudge covered Oreos. It's not white fudge. It's not Christmas until I see those on the shelves. And then I I brought the fruit cake because I wanted to convince people that fruit cake is a great thing at Christmas. Yeah. So that was me. I brought um just a candy bag for them, but like mm. most importantly, Reese's the trees. <laughs> It's the most important Christmas treat in my family, mm. so I had to I had to bring it. Yeah, um, you, they're just there's it's something the best. different about the Reese's trees as opposed to I the know. cups. I, I don't know if it's like the thickness of the chocolate. It is. Or whatever. It's got a thin it's, layer. You there, get there's, more. Okay, so you want to start a debate? Mm. People will debate you on why the holiday Reese's and Snickers are better than the regular. Yeah. Is there? Do they do something? No, it's it's the ratio to peanut butter and oh, chocolate. Yeah. Like and a like cup the, has a way more like a thicker, thicker chocolate wall. It's, it's not as good. It's, it's a thinner chocolate. Mm-hmm. And like with the Snickers, like my thing is like with the Snickers, they're always so fresh. Mm-hmm. Like the, the caramel just like you snap it and Ooh. it just, it's runny caramel. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, it's so good. Yeah. And, and I agree that the holiday Reese's, whether you're talking about the trees, you get the, the pumpkins, eggs for the eggs. Yeah. But are for these, Easter, yeah. So my question is, if we open this, are these ones going to look like trees? Because last year they did not look like trees. I, I, I barely look at them. I just stuff them in my face yeah, right away. You know, if they have ridges and are sort of triangularly yeah. shaped, I say they're it trees. Was really bad last year. Because <laughs> I couldn't get the Snickers last year. So I had to get the Reese's peanut butter ones. And my husband opened. He's like, what is this? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's not a reason. I don't think I'd even notice. Yeah, there you go. It's, it's, a, it's a leaf. Or whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. There you have it, faithful listeners. That's the word from Amanda Pierce from the Teen Zone and Ben Sargent from the Circulation Department on the holiday movies that you should watch or not watch this year and movies that masquerade as holiday movies that you should avoid this time of year. But before I let you both out of the guest nerd chairs today, you have one more thing to do. I've talked about, we've talked about our favorite holiday movies to watch, but what about favorite holiday books to read? Ben and Amanda, what holiday book do you think listeners should pick up off the shelf? So guys, what book jingles your bells? I'll go first. All right. To me, Charles Dickens, Christmas Carol, I, I, I don't think I've read many Christmas books that's one I've read multiple times, mm-hmm. um, and I tell this to patrons all the time. I'm like, if you haven't read, like, you've seen some version of the movie, but read the book, too. Yeah. Like, I, you can't beat that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, what do you... I mean, Dickens is, like, the father of Christmas lit. Yeah. You know, well, he, he had, like, many... He wrote a lot of Christmas stories. He wrote a lot of Christmas ghost stories. I mean, yeah. it, it, once he did A Christmas Carol... I mean, it was like mm-hmm. they expected him to write a new one, and he did it for like many, many years. I think he got sick of it. But, yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, a Christmas Carol is amazing. And um, if you have not, if your if your only exposure to a Christmas Carol is watching a film, and if I were to say which one to watch, watch the George C. Scott yep, one. Thank that's you. The best we one. watch that in my family every <laughs> every Christmas Eve. That's yep. the one tradition. We love it so much. He, I just think he's the best Scrooge. He is. Because he's such yeah. a fantastic actor. And they, like, that one keeps close to the book a lot, yeah. too, yep. which I love. So, that yeah, re- read that book. Good one that FX did. It was, like, a three-part series. Oh, but that was a little darker, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it? really dark. It was, I, I think it was a BBC thing that they brought over to know. FX. Was, I remember watching it on Hulu, and I was like, this is so dark. Yeah, I it really it. is. I mean... It, it's, it was good. It was tangentially sort of related to a Christmas Carol, yeah. but yeah. it was, took it, it was in an totally interesting. Different... It was an interesting 
Yeah. All right, Amanda, what book oh, would you suggest? Hands down, the Polar, Polar Express. Express. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah. yeah. That's I. I got really sad this year. They did. Um, my daughter was on a field trip here yesterday, and Kate mm. read Polar Express, and I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that this year because mm. since I've been when I went downstairs to use services. Yeah. We, I always had a Polar Express story time. Mm. We came in our pajamas, we dressed up in pajamas, we got to read the book. And it reminded me when I worked in Kentucky, they had a train depot. Oh, wow. Um, and so they had like a whole, somebody had this really expensive Lionel Polar Express train set up. But the kids would get a ticket and we'd go on an actual train and you'd sit there and you'd go to have cocoa and your cookie in the booth and we would read Polar wow. Express. This sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. And then Santa Bob was there at the end. And I'll, I'll show you guys a picture of Santa Bob. <laughs> I cried when I met him because he was that amazing. Wow. My almost it just oh yeah, but it was just it's Polar Express hands down one of my favorite books. We right. read it all the time during Christmas. I have actually pulled it out this year, which is really sad because I have a whole box of Christmas books and I haven't even. Well, it. there's but, still you know, time. There's You've still got time. like a full week. I know, so and 16. I gotta get my tree ready still. Okay, all right. My favorite Christmas book, and it's one that nobody knows. Um, it's uh, by a writer, um, Oscar Huelos, who wrote um, The Mambo Kings. He won a, a Pulitzer Prize for that. But it's called Mr. Ives' Christmas. Interesting. And it is such a good book. Um, it's it's about this um, gentleman. He's uh, he's uh, Mr. Ives, who's uh, an orphan. And um, he's he grows up in um, New York City and becomes an advertising, goes into advertising, is a... Is a moderately successful um, uh, artist, but um, he loves Dickens. So you get a lot of Dickens stuff in it. But the thing, the central the central point, and this is not giving anything away because he talks about it right on the first page of the book, is his son, his um, 17, or 17 or 18 year old son is gunned down on the streets of oh, New no. York City on the steps of a church as he's coming out of choir practice on Christmas Eve. Mm. And so, it's this whole story about him coming to terms with this and coming to terms, not only that, but coming to terms with the murderer of his son as well. And it, there's this moment between the murderer and him where it's just a moment that just will brings me to tears every time I read it. And, um, it's it's an amazing Christmas book that nobody knows about, and well, it is now they so know. good. Now yeah, they now they know. You need to pick it up. It's I'm I I have always been mad that they've never made a movie out of this book. It sounds I, like it, it should be a movie. Like a really good. One. It it's so good. It is so good. And you know, and I think that Antonio Banderas would make a great Mister Ives. Oh. Just <laughs> fantasy casting this movie. There you go. But yeah, it's it's really good. Oscar Huelos. Mr. Ives Christmas. I don't even know if the the Peter White has it, but um, it's it's. Oh, we should. We you should, and I'm. I think I'm going to have Sam order it yeah, for us. Sam so. will get it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's that's my Christmas book, and I have like four or five copies. I'm sort of like it's sort of like uh, uh, Dostoevsky. I have like four or five copies at home. I'll bring you one, and you can read. Oh, it. there you go. <laughs> you gotta have like emergency copies of your favorite. Exactly. Books. I literally have like the first edition hardcover. I've got like four or five editions soft. Every time I see it, I pick it up, no Me matter too. what. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Well, there you have it, everybody. Some recommendations from Amanda and Ben uh, and myself of holiday books that you should pick up off the shelf. 
And we have come to the end of this very special holiday episode of Library Nerds with Words. I want to thank Amanda Pierce from the Teen Zone and Ben Sargent from the Circulation Department for joining me and for all of the wonderful treats, uh, uh, the bourbon balls. I'm going to have one more before this is over. But it has certainly put me in the holiday spirit eating these treats and talking about holiday movies and books with you today. Come back next week for a special end-of-year episode with Lynette Suckow from the Reference Desk. Until that time, everyone, stay nerdy. Thank you for listening to Library Nerds with Words, Peter White Public Library's weekly podcast, giving you the word on what's cool at the library. The theme for the podcast is Happy Clappy by John Bartman, used courtesy of Pixabay. This episode was written and produced by Martin Ackett's and sponsored by Peter White Public Library. Until next week, pick up a good book, listen to some good music, watch a good movie, attend a great event, and remember, library nerds are the coolest people around.